Welcome to Weston's Sermon Podcast of the Week. We are so glad you've joined us today. If you have been encouraged by our ministry and would like to support us financially, you can do so at westonroadchurch.com slash give. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy this week's message. Well, I pray that you're ready to jump into the Word this morning. I'm excited. You know, we had a few Sundays off, and uh, last weekend I wasn't here. Our, uh, my wife and I were away. And, uh, you know, we heard great things about what happened last Sunday, and so I'm excited to be back to preach. Um, don't clap for me, please. We give God the glory. Uh, but, but if you're excited, you can clap because you're excited that we love God's Word. Listen, uh, in case you didn't know, Salt and Light Conference, this is a conference that we're hosting as a church. We're putting this on. Um, it's not some event that's happening around town that we're promoting, uh, but this is something that God put on our heart to host and to do this year. And so uh, I, I just wanted to let you know in case you're like, Salt and Light looks good. What is it about? So um, there's a website. Check it out. You can find all the info. But I want to get into the Word. And if you have your Bible, would you stand with me and turn to Psalm 37? Psalm 37. We're going to jump straight into the Word, and we're going to read just two verses, but we're going to spend all our time this morning unpacking these verses. Psalm, 20, Psalm 37, beginning verse 23. If you're there, shout amen. amen. If you're just waiting for it to be on the screen, you could say, I got it. All right. You know, bring, if you have a Bible, I encourage you, bring it. Bring it. You know why? If, if you bring it to church, and I'm not judging you, I'm just saying... Chances are you'll probably read it and hold it during the week. Uh, I'm not judging. I'm going to stop now before some of you walk out. Um, Psalm 37, 23. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their life. Say every detail. Every detail. Good and bad. Pretty and ugly. Verse 24. Though they stumble, they will never fall. For the Lord holds them by the hand. And I'm just going to read verse 23, the first part again. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. Lord, I, I know we've heard words already today, Lord. But as the preaching happens now, Father, would you communicate whatever you want your people to hear today? Holy Spirit, have your way. Anoint my mind, my lips, and my heart that I might speak your word as you want it communicated. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated this morning. I've entitled the message, Guiding Light. And to some of you, when you hear that, maybe it evokes memories of a soap opera that you used to watch. And I, I think I used to, I was at my grandmother's house. And when like those kind of soap operas used to come on after The Price is Right, she would shut the TV and say, come, it's time for lunch. Uh, I've never watched it, and that's not why I titled it. But, but his word in our lives is our guiding light. And you say amen, right? And so Psalm 37 says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. We're going to take it really slow, that first line this morning. The Lord. The Lord. My question to you is, is Jesus Lord of your life? Because we like the idea of someone guiding us and leading us. We like the idea of knowing the path that's in front of us. 
And, and that's great. That's awesome. I'm happy that you're excited when you think about it. But the reality is, he has to be Lord of your life if he's able then to direct your path. If he's not Lord, then, then what path are you on? It's probably one that you've set out and marked out for yourself. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. In the King James Version, it says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And so the first question I have for you, is Jesus Lord and Savior of your life? You see, a lot of us, we, we understand I need Jesus as my Savior. I need Him to forgive me of my past. I need Him to heal me. I need Him to make me whole. I need Him to fix me because I'm broken. I need Him because He's my Savior. But the reality is that's not the totality of the gospel. Amen? He's not just there to make you feel better. He's there to lead and to guide you as not just your Savior, but your Lord. And you know what that means? And Dan said it before, the heart of the gospel is surrender. And surrender is at the heart of the gospel. And so to make Him Lord of your life, you have to surrender. You have to surrender. You know, I think of the illustration of a lifeguard, and I have an image of, you know, those round buoys that they would throw if someone's drowning, right? Uh, has anyone ever had to have one thrown at you? Okay, you don't have to be honest, but you are in church. Don't raise your hand. But the reality is, if you're drowning, what do you need? Someone to save you. So the lifeguard would throw you this boy, buoy, boy. I don't know what, how to properly say it because I've never had to use one. But they would throw it to you and you get saved. You hang on to it and they would like rope you in and pull you in and then put you back on the edge of the pool or on the beach if you're at the ocean or the lake. But the reality is, how many of you would ask then the lifeguard, you know, hey, how should I invest money? Uh, where should we buy a house? What's a, right? You don't ask a lifeguard that. Why? Because they're not your Lord. They're just your Savior in that moment, right? You follow? So they're, they're just there to save you and to put you in a safe place. But you don't look to the lifeguard necessarily to lead you. But some of us in a relationship with God, you're just like, throw me the, the, the lifesaver. Throw me the lifesaver. I'm drowning. And, and then you're like, thanks, and then you just continue on your own again. You have to understand that He's not just your Savior. He's so much more. He's your Lord as well. And when you surrender your life to the Lordship of Jesus, you say, God, where you lead me, I will follow. Where you go, I will go. Show me the, the way of life, and I will walk in it, Lord. And for some of us, we know Jesus as our Savior, but you're lost. What do I mean by that? You don't know which way to go in life. You don't know, should I go left or should I go right? Do I go straight or do I stay? Do I move or do I stop? And you see, when you surrender and submit all of your hopes, your plans, and your dreams, no matter how good they might look on paper, and no matter how, um, how close you are to achieving them, Surrender those things to God, to the Lordship of Jesus, and say, God, I'm laying all my plans out, but I'm laying them down at the feet of Jesus. And you know what I've realized? That's usually the, the, the time where God comes and He blesses my life when I lay it all down. 
You see, for too many of us, the problem is that we're living how we want. And we're making decisions to what we think is best. And then we're asking God, hey God, help me on this path. Hey God, I need your help here. I don't, I don't, I'm stuck again. And God comes because he's a good father. God shows up in the, in the, the mountain experiences, but also in the valleys, as we heard already today. But the reality is, I've discovered in my life is when I lay all of those things down, as good as my intentions might be, you know what I've discovered? God shows up and he shows me the path I need to go. And it's always going to be a path of blessing if it's the path the Lord is leading me on. You have to understand that. But to many of us, this is the problem. We set out to do what we think we should do. And then we ask God's blessing. And then we ask God's blessing. And God will show up. He, he's faithful like that. But it's going to be a lot harder, I will say. Sometimes you might feel like, where is God? And God is saying, hello, if you would have included me, I, I would, I'm still here, but you're kind of doing this on your own, and I'm just the third wheel, the third party in this. I'm still here, but, but you haven't allowed me in to that situation. And you see, we like that idea, right? The Lord directs the steps of the godly. Yes, God, lead me now, lead me. But is he Lord of your life? That's the question you have to ask. Do you know Jesus as Lord and Savior? And so that's number one. You know what I've realized in life? And I've heard it said that uh, to really know what people value or prioritize in their lives, you look at two things, their calendar and their checkbook. And the reason being you'll know where they spend all of their time, or at least most of it, or the majority, and then what they spend money on. And I'm not going to audit your bank account or show me your credit cards. I do that with my wife to make sure we're on budget. But the reality is some, some months we spend a lot more on food. Other months, like this past month because we had some vacation, we spent it on travel, on hotels, on, on some meals because of vacation time. In this season, we needed to be together to celebrate 10 years. You know, but on the long run, you can also see a person's priorities. How much are, are you spending serving the Lord? How much, you know, if, if you haven't been in church all summer long, I'm not here to judge you. Let the Holy Spirit convict your heart. But how are you spending your time? Let's take it even more personally. Have you spent time with God? Forget coming to church. What about tomorrow? Because it's easy to do this together, right? What about tomorrow? Are you digging into the Word? Are you spending time with the Lord? Are you growing in your relationship with God? If He's your guiding light, well then prove it. Make Him the priority in your calendar and I'll let him also work on you with the finances part as well. Some of us are quick to give to so many other things. We're like, I'm not going to give money to the church, though. Well, that's okay. But God did say, if you read time and time again in his word, that when money is given, it's taken personally by God. Read Acts chapter 10 with Cornelius when the angel shows up and he says, your offerings to the poor have been received by God in heaven. So you might have a problem because of your past experiences with church, but don't let that stop you from making God the priority. You want God to bless your finances? It's not a message on finances, but it's priorities. Include him in the area of finances and see how he leads you 
to generosity and to more generosity then. You were blessed to be a blessing. So Jesus is Lord and Savior, but as we look at our priorities, you know, just look at your calendar. Check it out. What do you spend the majority of your time doing? What are you spending the most money on? Because that's what you're showing yourself that you value the most. And for too many, Jesus is not even on the radar. And we've placed significance on things rather than on the king of kings. And so Jesus might already be your savior, but he most certainly must be your Lord and savior. So number two is the path. You know, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. So let's talk about the path. In the NASB, it says steps are established by the Lord. And that word established means fixed, not movable, not moving parts, but fixed or to be set up. So it's something that is established in front of you. You know, when I make my own plans, sometimes I feel this way, sometimes I feel that way, and I could pivot because I made the decision, so I could change it if I want, right? But when you put your confidence and trust in the Lord, it's not a, a, a wishy-washy kind of step that your foot lands on, but it is something that is established, it is something that is sure, and something that is fixed. Some of you, for too long, you've been walking it's like sand or quicksand where it's like you just feel like there's no place to get a good footing. You have, to, you have to put your confidence in the Lord today. That the steps that he has for your life are the right ones that you should be walking on and taking. You see, God has given directions as to the way his people should walk and live in this world. You know, you might say, well, can't I decide? Absolutely. But when we call ourselves Christians, that means I'm, I follow Christ. I don't follow my own ideas. I don't fa follow the patterns and the customs of this world. But I'm called to pattern my life or to mirror my life like that of Christ. So when people look at me, they see Christ. We talked about that a couple of months ago as the mirror. And so Psalm 119.105 says this, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my, to my path. You know, it's amazing. Your word is a lamp to my feet. A lamp can't light up the road in front of me. A lamp is used for close proximity. A lot of us, we get so preoccupied with the end destination. Obviously, if you're driving a car, that's important. If you're trying to get somewhere... But in this journey called life, we get so preoccupied with, with I want to know what's, what's waiting down there. But yet God is telling us, His word is a lamp for my feet. Why? It shows me the next step. It shows me, hey, this next step, as Jesus, when Jesus is my Lord, it is established already in my life. I don't have to take a guess and hope and wonder. No, the lamp lights the path and it's established for me. A lamp to my feet is only meant to show enough to see the next step. Stop striving for the end destination. God's going to lead you and he's going to guide you. Here's the thing. If God said it, it shall come to pass. Amen. And so you don't have to worry. If God gave you a promise, he, he makes good on his promises. He doesn't fail. 
And so, you know, understand that he knows the long game, but that in the here and now, what you need is the word to be the lamp for your feet. You know, Matthew 7, 24 to 27, in that passage of scripture, Jesus is talking about the wise man and the foolish man. And he says, the one who hears, and it doesn't end, hears and obeys, is like a wise man who builds his house on what? On the solid rock, right? When the storms of life come, it's still there. The house is still standing. The foolish man, on the other hand, is this, the person who hears and does nothing. My prayer for our church and for every single person here, we've come to hear the word. You're here. You're, you're listening. Don't just hear. Obey. Obey what God is saying to you as he speaks to your heart today. Obey. Or else, like, just go, go, to, go listen to a TED Talk. They'll probably have way more information than I can give in this short amount of time. But we're here to allow God to speak to our hearts that we would hear and obey. But the one who doesn't, this is what it's like, building that house on the sand. And it's going to... The house may look beautiful, but guess what? The storm comes, where's the house? It's gone. And people might say, was there even a house? Right? And so let us be like the wise man who hears but then obeys, who does what the word of God is instructing them to do. And we're almost to the end this morning, but consider Matthew 7, 13, and 14 regarding the path because this is what we're talking about in this point you can enter god's kingdom only through the narrow gate the highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way but the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it what's interesting is we like to look at other people right and we're like you know, when, when I'm trying to find uh, at an event or a concert, like where where is like the, the place where we get in, I just kind of look around. I was going to a Blue Jays game with my son. I don't take the subway a lot. So we got off at Union. I'm like, Josiah, just let's find people with Blue Jays caps and, and shirts. And I, I'm just like, we're going to pretend like we know where we're going till we figure it out. The highway to hell is broad, and it's paved with good intentions. And if, if you live life like this, like, oh, they, they, they're doing this or they got that. And now we're going to do the same thing because, right, and I'm just going to do what they're doing. I'm going to buy what they're buying. And it must be good if they're buying it, right? And we live life just imitating the world. Guess what? If everyone's going the same direction, you should check which way you're going. Because the, the way to life is narrow and few people find it. And so, you know, as we consider the path, this is what guides us along. It's the lamp unto our feet, the light for the path. And in John 14, 6, Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We know the verse, but in context of this message, he is the way, the path. Remember, Jesus is not just Savior, but he's the Lord of your life. He has to be because he is the way. And, you know, when it comes to salvation, the people have said there are many ways to God. If you've been in church long, long enough, you know what we believe. 
John 14, 6, that there's only one way. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. People might say, well, uh, but why is Jesus being exclusive about this opportunity? He's not. He's not being exclusive. You know what he's being? He's being specific. He's being very specific that this is the way to salvation. And this is the way to heaven. And verse 23, he, God, delights in every detail of their lives. You know, on the journey, it's not going to always be smooth sailing. That there will be opposition. You look at the life of Paul. I shared this yesterday at, at the celebration of life for Lisa. But, you know, the journey wasn't easy for Paul because many opposed him when he took a stand for the gospel. When you choose to walk the narrow way, people will oppose you. But it shouldn't change the path that you're on or the trajectory of your life if you've surrendered it all to Jesus. Can you say amen? It's important that when your mind is made up, no one and nothing else can sway you. But in verse 23, he's reminding us that he delights in every detail of your life. He knows the struggles. He knows the pain. He knows the opposition. And then in the next verse, verse 24, he tells us, you might stumble and fall, but it's okay because I'm here. This is my paraphrase, but I'm here to hold you up. I am here for you. I'm, I'm the strong arm that you lean on. And so the way is the right way, but it still might be bumpy, amen? It still might have some, some things that make us uncomfortable or that, you know, make us stumble. doesn't mean it's the wrong way. But know that he is there and he delights in every detail of your life. It's important that we don't gloss over that. So just like a parent gets excited when their baby starts taking steps, Right? There are a few babies that I've seen start taking steps recently, and I'm like, man, where does the time go? And they stumble, they fall, they try to hold on. But the beauty is this, that just like we take great delight as parents looking at our children, even if they fall, we, get, we pick them up, we show them the right way to walk, the path to go, this is where you should walk. What do you think God does? He delights. We're his sons and daughters in the same way even if you stumble and fall on the right path, he will pick you up. And it is still the right path. And he is there for you. So then we get to, from the path, we get to the choice. So it's the Lord. He's directing the steps, but of who? The godly. The choice to be godly is yours. Did you know that? You might say, it's easy because you're the pastor. What are you talking about? I'm a human just like you. I make mistakes. I have to make decisions. I have a wife. I have three kids. I have a mortgage. I'm just like you. Don't put me on a pedestal. But there is a high calling. I'll admit that on my life, that I have to live in such a way that I represent Christ well. But wait a minute. Don't we all? Don't we all have to live and represent Christ? I have a ministry, absolutely. But don't we all? Ephesians chapter 4, my job is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. So, listen, the choice to be godly is not one that only a pastor makes, but it's one that every believer must make as well. Amen? Listen, Jesus said, I, be holy for I am holy, but the choice to be godly is ours. Here's a warning found in 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 5. In this those verses leading up to verse 5, uh, basically Paul is writing saying, in the last days, 
and he starts writing this. We get to verse 5, and this is what he says. They will act religious in the last days, but they will reject the power that can make them godly. Stay away from people like that. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that can make them godly. Listen, I'm not interested in going through the motions. I'm not. You know, through when, when, when life gets difficult, you see the true colors, right, come out. And uh, through, our, through this summer, it's just been a, a hills and valleys. That's what it's felt like. It's funerals, uh, the death of, of my nephew, Joshua, I, like just after two hours of life, dealing with some of those things. And, and you begin to say, God, like, you know, in all of this, could we get upset? Could we get angry with, with the loss of these two dear ladies in our church recently? Like, what is our response? You know what our response is? That in all of these things, he's working all things for our good. Even though I don't understand it, I understand his ways are higher than our ways. That somehow, some way, God, you will get the glory out of our trial. And from our trial, you will help us triumph. Can somebody say amen? And this is what God does when he directs your life. This is what God does when you choose. It's your choice to be godly. Is it easy? No. Is it a front? Is it fake? No. Because when life gets hard, that's where your true colors shine, friend. And so this morning, it's your choice to be godly. But I'm not here to fake it. I'm here to say this is my choice. And I will proudly live it till the last breath I take. Here's the thing. We end with... The results right he's my Lord this is the path this is the choice but now here are the results verse 24 though they stumble they will never fall for the Lord holds them by the hand the Lord holds who the godly by the hand would you stand to your feet this morning as we get ready to close this service today I'm wondering if there are some people here you need direction in your life. And I'm not, you know, I'm not excluding anyone. I know school is starting soon. By the way, if you're here Labor Day weekend, we're going to pray for all students. I don't care how old you are, but if you're going back to school in any capacity, we're going to pray on, on that first Sunday in September. Be here. But as well, you might be a student and have no clue what to do with your life. You need direction. You need direction. You might be an adult and you're here and maybe you're just at a point in life where you're like, I don't know how we ended up here. I don't know how I ended up here, but I need direction. I need clarity. I need focus. I want you to know that this word for, is for you today. The Lord directs the steps of the godly, that he delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall for the Lord holds them by the hand. If you need direction, I'm going to ask you to slip your hand up in just a moment. I want to, we're going to pray together. And I believe that God gave this word for a specific people today. And, and as we heed the voice of the Lord, what does it mean, heed? It means that we're not just hearing, but we're going to apply it to our lives. We're going to apply it to our situation. He's the God who makes a way where there seems to be no way. My question is, do you trust him? My question is, you, you, you have faith to believe that he is your savior, 
but do you have faith today to trust him as your Lord? That in all of these things, that he is going to lead you and guide you, and the path that he has for you is better than any other path you could forge for yourself. Put your trust in him today. Put your trust in him today. In the name of Jesus. If you're here and you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I'm going to ask you to slip your hand up in this moment here. I want to lead you in a prayer, and, and I'm not going to waste time. If you're here and, and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, but today you're like, yes, I need direction, but I need not just someone to throw me a lifesaver, but I need someone to show me the way of life. Would you slip your hand? It would be my joy and privilege to introduce you to Jesus Christ today. If there's anyone here, let me see your hand. Thank you, Lord. And if you're here today and you need direction, see, the reason why I started with the first question is if he's not Lord, how, how is he going to lead you on the path? He has to be your Lord. If there are people here and you need direction in a specific way, would you slip your hand as we're going to pray for you today? Just put your hand up where you are. I see hands all over this place. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The name of Jesus. Come on, church. Let's pray. Let's begin to call on the name of the Lord together. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. Lord, you see every hand. Lord, I thank you that you're not a guide who, you're not a God who just created us and then stepped away and said, ha ha, figure it all out. But you are interested in every detail of our life. Lord, you see every hand which is representative of every different situation, every different question maybe, and every different scenario for life. Lord, in this moment, we just say we surrender. Would you tell them that, church? I surrender everything before you now as if we're laying it all out on the table to lay it before you, God. Would you come and do what only you can do? God, we thank you that you want to lead us and guide us. You are the guiding light. And I pray, Lord, as we surrender our hopes, every dream, Lord, every future, Lord, that we're laying it down so that you could pick it up for us. You will show us the path of life. And God, I thank you that your plans for us are good to give us a future and a hope. And so, Lord, as we put our confidence in you, God, I know that you will never disappoint us. We thank you, Lord. We bless you now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Church, let's remain in this atmosphere of worship. I'm just going to ask Dan if he would lead us in a song as we get ready to close. And then I'm going to come back and, and pray as we would finish the service. Thank you so much for listening to the Sermon of the Week. God wants to work in your life, and we want to hear it. Please take a moment to share your story by emailing amen at westonroadchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope listening to this week's message has equipped you to be the light wherever you go.